What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the now Primal Baseball Podcast. Today I am outside. It's a beautiful, beautiful Sunday, so I'm trying to enjoy the weather outside. If you hear some wind or birds or cars honking, sorry, but not really sorry. Uh, if you haven't already, follow us on Primal Baseball, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L. We've got Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Um, we're working on a couple other things and, and some content for you guys that will be out soon. So today I have another team member of Primal Baseball, Elias Fagan-Smith. He's our strength and conditioning coach, head of strength and conditioning at Primal Baseball. And we're going to talk about off-season training because right now, as we get into almost November now, it's, it's going to be headed into the off-season for most baseball players whether you're shutting down, deloading, or continuing to throw, now is the time to, to get in the weight room um, without, a, without a focus to fall baseball as that should be nearing the end of the season for fall baseball. As we get into November, you'll have a lot more time and opportunity to get in the weight room. So we're going to just go, go into a lot of stuff to do with strength and conditioning offseason, how to plan it, the phases, and yeah, I'll let Elias touch on what he wants to talk about today before we get into it. Yeah, I think the the goal is to just give you guys an idea of, you know, how to construct a plan for your offseason, because I think a lot of people go in and number one, the offseason sneaks, sneaks up on them fairly quickly. Um, and then before they know it, you know, a month or a month and a half has gone by without much progress towards um, you know, goals that they have. And so we just want to give you an idea of how to go about um, getting ahead of things and, and planning what you want to do for your off season so that you can reach whatever performance goals you have by, by, come, by the springtime. I also want to point out um, Elias just got back from disc golf. Uh, he's, he's turning into an avid disc golfer and I'd like to take a little bit of credit for that. Uh, but he shot plus four, which is his best round yet. So congratulations to Elias um, on, the disc, that. on the disc golf round. Um, <laughs> but we're first going to get into just setting goals for the off season, And we're going to talk about how to set goals and and how how we go about setting the right goals. Sometimes when we when we get into an off season, we we want these high numbers, which is great. We should we should push ourselves to get to those numbers. However, we need to also make sure that we're making uh, small adjustments or small goals that we can hit throughout the week. So one of the things that I'm going to talk about first is just hitting like a, a small daily goal. So, for instance, if, if you guys haven't looked at our personal chart, our Primal Baseball personal chart, I highly suggest you do that. Go to our Instagram or our link tree and the, there's a free personal chart for you guys that you can um, customized to your specific goals and needs, but pretty much just having like a few things per day that you want to hit. So you're making sure that daily you do those and then they, they add up in the long term. Because if we're just looking at one goal where we want to bench 225 in the off season, that's great. But like, how are we going to get there? How are the steps that we're going to get there? Uh, Elias, maybe you could dive a little deeper into setting goals for the off season. Yeah. So I, I think it, you start with your big goals and then you work backwards, kind of like Jordy said, and you want to work backwards all the way down to, you know, your daily goals. So if your your goal, your overall goal is to throw harder, you're probably going to want to break that down into what do you need to do to throw harder? And that could be get more athletic, improve your mechanics, improve your throwing program, get healthy. 
Um, obviously, you can, you're not going to be able to throw harder if your arm's bugging you all the time. So then you work backwards from that and say, you know, what do I need to do in the next month or the next week or the next day to help me get to those goals? Um, and so, you know, it starts with a big goal. But like Jordy said, you have to be able to work backwards all the way down to what am I going to do today, tomorrow for the next week to, to reach that bigger goal? Yeah. And and with the with the big goals, like one of the things is. I don't want to. I don't want it to seem like we don't want you to shoot big because we, we want you to 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 go as far as you can and and try to reach for higher than you actually think possible. Because I think a lot of the times, if if we have a have a small goal, we'll we'll almost fall to that level. Like if we have a small goal of only gaining maybe like ten pounds in the off season, we fall down to that level and we feel it's okay just to get to that level when we can actually go deeper and deeper. So a goal where maybe it, it's not going to be crazy to get to, but it, it's going to be very challenging. And, and maybe you just come below that goal. Like it, it's just out of your reach. That's, that's kind of a good point where, where I like to shoot for the goals. And then going off of Elias talking about athleticism in the off season, a lot of us, right. Want to want to work on our mechanics and work on fine tuning our delivery and our, and our throwing patterns and our sequencing. However, a big part of that is just going to be being athletic. So if you're not athletic and you can't move well, and then you want to work on your patterning or your sequencing, probably not going to be the right direction to go or the right order in the process of things. If we can become very athletic, then we can start to work on the sequencing and then we can start to become better at patterning and, and, and delivering a baseball to home plate or wherever you want to deliver it to. But if we're not athletic, it's going to be very hard to do those, those things with the mechanics. So trying to, be have that base of being really strong and really athletic is a, is a good place to start. And Elias, how are we going to, how are we um, going to evaluate our progress throughout the off season? What are some good metrics or what are some good charts or, or, um, you know, anything to help us evaluate to make sure that we're making progress? Yeah, I think that's a good question. And I think a lot of people, you know, they have these goals, but they don't really know how they're going to go about measuring those goals. So, for me, like if your goal is to throw harder or to hit the ball harder, like you probably want to figure out a way to measure that. Um, and I know it's, it, you know, it's not cheap to go out and buy a radar gun, but if you're really serious about, you know, your career, like you can go work a couple of days a week and save up enough money to buy that. And, you know, why that's so valuable is because you're going to want to go back, you know, every month and evaluate, you know, am I actually throwing harder? Because if you, if you don't know, then you're just guessing at what you should be doing. And so, you know, I think that step of finding a way to evaluate, like, am I working towards my goal or not, is like the first step in, you know, getting getting to a place where you can have the most successful offseason possible. And so if you work backwards from that, you can kind of say, like, hey, I got more athletic, but my velocity is still the same. So like, then maybe it's not athleticism that you need to go for. In a lot of cases it will, it will be right. Unless you're at a higher level. Um, but again, I think it starts with figuring out a way to actually determine, am I moving towards my goal or not? And for the parents and the players <clears throat> that either don't have the resources or, or they don't want to go out and buy the radar gun, that's totally fine too. One thing that, 
we did this summer, Elias writes my strength and conditioning programs. And, and one thing that we did this summer was kind of test out and experiment programs where we could give access or resources to kids who don't have as many resources. And what you can do is we can use metrics that don't necessarily need a lot of te technological resources, such as uh, measuring your jump distance, like your, your triple your triple broad jump distance or measuring your lateral jump distance or measuring how far you can throw a med ball until it lands in certain in either a side toss, a scoop toss, a shot put, a overhead toss, and just measuring those things to see if, if your metrics are getting a little bit a little bit closer, a little bit closer, a little bit closer. And you can do the same thing in the weight room. But Elias has all of those resources within. So again, if you're if you're curious on how to go about those things, just Again, DM us, contact us, and, and we'll get you started with Elias because um, eventually we'll, we'll put up on our Instagram kind of a, a run through of what his programming looks like, but all of and, and the KPI um, dashboard that he has created just to keep track of your progress throughout your, your monthly programming or your yearly programming, whatever you decide to do. But that's a great way to, to progress as well as just to kind of use Elias as a resource and, and he can tailor, tailor your program to the needs of you. And if you're not in a place that has a lot of technology or you're not introduced to that and that, that's not something you're comfortable with, we can find a way around it as well. And another thing is, right, there's going to be different periods of the off season. So Elias, do you want to talk about kind of the periods of the off season and, and the phases we're going to go through as, as we go through a, a whole off season? Yeah, sure. I mean, I, I think it really it depends on the situation and how much you're throwing, because um, you could you could go through the whole off season and just be working towards getting more athletic, and you you'd make you'd make, you'd make a lot of progress just by doing that. I think the one thing you want to look out for is you know how how you're balancing you know the amount of throwing you're doing or the amount of hitting or whatever uh, the skill work side of things and the lifting. So like. If you start the off season and you're not really doing any throwing, then that's a great time to get some more days in of, of training. And so then you kind of phase the off season as you get ramped up towards the season, understand that like your throwing or your hitting is going to be the most important thing. And then the, the lifting side of things is going to be slightly less important. So if you think of like a day in the, in the days a week of the week, you're doing training maybe in November and December you're doing zero to three days of actual baseball work and you're doing four to five days of lifting uh, depending on you know what your time your time schedule is if you're playing another sport that might be different but then when you get towards January February March you're gonna need to be throwing hitting up to five days a week and so then it's okay to back off and say, Hey, let me bring the lifting down to two or three days. Um, and so that just gives you an idea of how to think about balancing those two, those two ends of, of your off season. Yeah. And as you talked about, you're kind of interconnecting your strength and conditioning with throwing. And that's something that Elias can help, help you with as well. And, and both of us can, can help with me on the throwing side, more programming your throwing, whether it's going to be um, a deload or, a shutdown for four to six weeks or you're going to continue throwing whatever your needs 
are and whatever you specifically want to do, whether you've had a long season of throwing or you haven't thrown that much or you're trying to develop a certain pitch and, and sometimes guys don't shut down. I, I come from a background where I was always shut down because I was playing other sports, but I understand now there's a lot more accessibility to inside facilities and there's a lot of accessibility to, to throwing more year round. I still believe that we should take a, a time off where we get away from baseball because it's, it's nice to have a break and enjoy other things in life and, and get athletic. But again, we can totally tailor anything towards, towards your needs, whether you want to take a deload, whether you don't, whether you want to keep throwing and we can make sure that you're ready for um, the, the real season that the, the most important season, which is probably in season. But yeah, I, I wanted to touch on also the when, you know, when it's a good time to focus on strength and, or strength and when it's a good time to focus on explosiveness and mobility, because in in today's social media platforms on on the every account you see, there's well, you need to be really mobile, but you also need to be really strong and you really need to be explosive, too. And, and I post about it, too, and I have yet to kind of combine all those things together and explain how you go about doing all those things. So can, can you talk Elias a little bit about when, when we should be focusing on mobility, when we should be focusing on explosiveness? Can we focus on mobility and strength at the same time? Can we focus on explosiveness and strength at the same time? Are those things that can go hand in hand or do they have to be um, one thing at a time in a certain order? Yeah, I think it, it's another depends answer, but well, let's let's dive into a little bit of how you can decide like for you what's going to be the right answer. So, so if you we talked about setting goals, right? And if you're looking at you know other you know what it's going to take for you to let's just say throw harder, and you make a a guess that it's to, getting more mobile is going to help you throw harder, and so we, you go through a period of training where your goal is to get into certain positions that you couldn't get into previously. And let's say you do that for, you know, two to three weeks and you're not really noticing a difference on your, on your, your, your performance, your velocity. Um, and so then it's time to go back and say, Hey, maybe mobility while it's this big, big buzzword that people talk about, isn't what's holding me back. So, you know, then you're going to want to go and change up your program and make the focus on on getting stronger. And getting stronger, you can you can measure your progress of, of if you're getting stronger is basically are you able to lift more weight on a certain exercise, you know, week to week. And that's you don't need any fancy equipment to do that. It's if you're if you can squat a certain amount week one and then you can squat 15 pounds more in week three, like you're getting stronger. And then you're going to go back and evaluate, okay, when I throw, do I feel like more explosive? Do I feel like I can throw harder? And if the answer is yes, then you might go with another couple months of the goal of your, your training to get stronger. And, you know, the same thing can be true for getting more explosive. You know, maybe that you got stronger for a month and you didn't really see a huge difference, but then you went back and you, you know, like Jordy talked about, we, we love looking at like, explosiveness, broad jump, triple broad jump. Those are measurements of how fast you can move. And so maybe you looked at those numbers and those are improving, but at the same time, your, your, how you feel on the mound or your velocity metrics or whatever you're looking at 
and you can just go by feel again if you don't have access to a radar gun. Maybe that's what really made you feel a lot better on the mound was getting more explosive. So now you have an idea of like, okay, I did this and this is how I felt. Um, that didn't really answer the question of can you train all three at the same time? Of course you can, um, but it's going to be a lot different for each person. So I think having an idea of how am I going to decide what I want to go after is super valuable because you might have a coach that says like, hey, I need to get stronger. But does that actually help you? You have to decide for yourself and then you have to be able to go back to the coach and say, hey, look, I got stronger, but you know, nothing really changed for me on the mound. Like, can we work on explosiveness or something else? Yeah. And these are, these are all great questions to ask Elias too. If, if, again, if you, if you want a free consult with us, it's, it's free, no money, just again, contact us and, and we'll hop on a, hop on a zoom with you guys or FaceTime and, and go over just what, what questions you have or, or what things that you're, you're looking for in a strength and conditioning program and anything that you might be curious about again, no, just free. So if you ever, if you ever want to contact us, just either email us at primalbaseball at gmail.com, P-R-I-M-A-L-B-S-B-L at gmail.com, or just DM us on, on any of the platforms. But, but uh, the, the other thing I wanted to touch on was a lot of, a lot of times we see a lot of correctives or a lot of mo- mobility drills put into programs. Uh, for instance, you know, maybe on Instagram, you're seeing guys do like a, a mobility program where they're selling like an $85 mobility program or mobility guide. And, and it's like got the thrower stretch and it's got like T-spine rotations, hip switches, all the stuff. Uh, honestly, if, if you're if you're low on resources and, and you want to find a way to access mobility and flexibility stuff, just Google athlete program or athlete yoga on YouTube and do 15 minutes or 20 minutes every night. And you'll probably be pretty mobile at the end. If you do it consistently, if you can do it for one month, two months, I, I can actually guarantee you, like, I, I, I promise you right now, I will give whoever, whoever does not feel better at the end. I'll give you like a hundred bucks. Like I'm honest, like if, if, if you can honestly tell me I did yoga, the athlete yoga on YouTube, for once a day or five times a week for a month or two months, there's no chance you're not going to feel better. Your body's not going to move better. So we don't need to do these crazy things. We don't need to buy these crazy programs, but you will move forward in some capacity if you use those simple things. Like it doesn't, we don't have to make it a crazy thing. You will, you will become more mobile. You will find deeper positions if you use those programs not to say that it's not great to have a program design designed specifically for you but if if you're in that kind of questioning where you don't know if it's worth it or not okay cool just do yoga on on youtube for 20 minutes a day and you'll be all right um so yeah i mean go ahead. So you'll see in in a program you get from us or or yeah that th- there's a couple mobility drills maybe like one two or three and you know, the idea with that is, you know, maybe it's a breathing drill to help you get full inhales and exhales. That's a great way to help tone down any, you know, muscle activity that we don't want. Um, maybe there's like a rolling drill that's going to help you, you know, again, tone down some muscle activity, but then move that across the ground. Um, there's not going to be a list of 10 mobility drills that you need to do. Um, and then each exercise in itself, if, if we're executing strength training really well, 
you're you're going to get more mobile potentially or at least not take away from any like yoga or any flexibility that you already have um you know it's when you are getting these these extreme positions in like certain exercises that that's when you kind of worry about mobility getting lost but if you have a couple drills at the beginning that you're going to go to you know every day or every other day plus some really good strength training that's executed well you don't have to worry about having a whole 45 minute mobility routine that you do once twice a day whatever it is yeah and i want to talk about for the guys who don't have maybe a lot of equipment or or a gym to go to is there any way that you would be able to to help them in in writing them a program and executing their off season obviously the the if you can just go to a gym it would be great but what if they don't have um a big gym to go to with like turf and and med ball wall and what if it's just kind of a generic like one squat rack and some dumbbells is there a way that you could help them move forward with with just those small resources yeah i mean i think you could make some pretty awesome progress with just an area at your house to 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 work with and you'll if you see a program that we put together the first half of it right is warm up speed work jumping so that all you can do in your driveway if you're and even if you're somewhere that snows and you shovel your driveway you'll have some space to do that stuff and you know like we talked about earlier there's a there's a lot of different ways to improve your your performance. You could get stronger, you could get more explosive, you could get more mobile. That was the three things we kind of touched on. But you can get super explosive without any sort of equipment, just doing bodyweight jumps. Um, and you could even kind of work on some strength movements to a certain extent, especially if you haven't done any sort of training before without any equipment. And so we can, yeah, and if you're more advanced, like, just doing jumps and and some warm ups and sprints. I think you might find that if you've been stuck in the weight room your whole career, that that might even be something that improves your performance a ton. So, like Jordy said, like there's a really good chance that you don't need a ton of equipment in order to make some progress um, towards you know throwing harder, hitting the ball further, those sort of things. Because getting more explosive is potentially even more valuable than lifting heavy weights, and you don't need any you know, heavy weights to get more explosive. Yeah. One of the, one of the things we did this summer, one of the exercises that was not only one of the most fun things that I did this summer, but also just probably one of the most beneficial things that I did as far as exercises and training goes is Elias on the sprint and movement days or more sprint and jump days. I would just go out. I have a, I live on a farm and I have like horse jumps and I would put like either a hay, like stack hay bales or put like a, a horse horse jump and set it up and just try to jump over it like higher and higher and higher. So it wasn't anything like jumping onto a box jump or, or getting like um, a vertical jump measurement with uh, one of those one of those mats that you have, like a vertical jump mat where it can where it can um, measure your your jump height. I, I didn't have access to any of that stuff. So when I was home, I just tried to jump as high as I could and then tried to get higher the next week and higher the next week and higher the next week. So you don't need um, crazy technology or, again, crazy equipment or a crazy gym to execute any of these things. So, so again, that's kind of our goal is just to give kids and, and parents resources if, if they don't have or they don't live in a space where 
uh, you have access to a, to a gym or training like that. Um, and if you do, that's great. You, you can always use those resources. And, and obviously, the more resources you have, uh, the better you'll probably be able to judge your improvement and your metrics. But it, it's not a necessity, especially at, at younger ages as, as you grow up. And, and I'm, I'm as, as we talk about strength and strength and conditioning, one of the big things about Primo baseball is we try to take a, a wider or a broader look at, at the performance and not just that the strength and conditioning or the throwing programs or the, the exercises that we're doing, but the little things outside that we, we can do to enhance our performance. So the stuff that we're doing outside of the gym, Elias, I want, I want some tips and advice to, to people on, on what is some, some things or actionable steps that they can do outside the gym to, to enhance their strength and power. And I'm talking more like you're done with the training for the day. You're done with the gym. You're not going to be doing any more exercises, but what are some things that you can do like simple tasks every day that can help you recover and, and move your strength forward? Yeah, I think, I mean, we could talk about the classic things like, you know, nutrition, sleep. Um, I think the most interesting thing for me is like doing some sort of meditation or mindfulness um, because that, you know, a lot of people when they go in to train, their their head is like filled with different things that they're thinking about, you know, what happened at school. But if you're getting into a routine where you know how to clear your head, your training sessions are going to be a ton more valuable um, just because you're not going to be worrying about everything else that's going on and you can just solely focus on training. So I would say that is probably the most valuable thing. Um, I see a lot of people who, you know, they're going to take they, they you know, they have this habit of taking their phone out and checking Snapchat or whatever. But if you can kind of learn how to block out all of that stuff that's going on and just focus on what you're doing, then I would say that's probably the most valuable thing you can do outside of actual actual training. Yeah, to go to go on meditation and it doesn't even you don't if you don't want to meditate, don't meditate. Um you can just, I don't know whether you call it meditation or breath work. I mean, they can be very similar and they can interconnect, but if you don't want to do meditation, I would highly suggest you find a time if it's a cool down, like in the gym after where you just sit and you don't even need to close your eyes and meditate, just sit in like a corner or something, or again, in your car, or you can go home and like lay on the floor or something and just breathe, do like some box breathing. So you take, uh, everything through through your nose you take five or a breath in for five seconds hold for five seconds a breath out for five seconds hold for five seconds and just repeat it like five to ten times but we always talk about nutrition or we talk about strength and conditioning and those things and sleep to get better and recover but if we're eating and we're not like digesting and letting our body uh kind of get into a parasympathetic state which is like a calm state we're actually not digesting and getting the nutrients. So if you can eat like all the protein you want or drink that protein shake, but if your body's not in a state where it can digest and, and kind of recover, it, it's not going to help. So actually taking that time to breathe and settle down can help you, um, can get that nutrients into your blood flow digested and kind of get your muscles going a little bit, a little bit better on the recovery side. But also, yeah, I think I want to want to state a challenge to, 
myself, Elias, and the rest of the viewers is can you go, can you go this next week? We don't even have to do a month. Can you just go this next week without taking your phone out in between sets? If you're checking your sets and reps, like on the program, that's fine. But can we go a week without checking Instagram or checking social media or checking anything else when you're in the weight room and just focusing on that one thing? Because focusing on that one thing is going to be an advantage. If, if you're the one, if you're the one that's just focused on your sets and, and on what you're doing, even though it's going to hurt or be a little painful for an hour, that hour is going to be a lot more, a, a lot more beneficial to you than than the hour and a half or two hours spent in the gym because you were checking your phone in between sets or because you were just chilling on Snapchat and while your rest session was going. So that's kind of my challenge to you guys. A, a, a level two challenge would be, can you do, can you do the workout without headphones? Like, can you do it without something stimulating you? Can you do it like just on your own, on your own motivation and discipline? Because that can, that can help you out when, when you're on the mound or whenever you're playing a game, because you're not going to have, that external stimulation of the music bumping and, and the people around you. Yes, you are going to have fans and adrenaline going, but, but if there's not a lot of fans, can you rely on something other than the external factors? Can you rely on something internal to, to, to get through that lift? And that, those are, those are the two challenges that I have. I don't know if you have anything to add on that, Elias. No, I like that. Yeah. I, I think if you give it a try, um, like Jordy said, for a week, you'll notice that your sessions just feel better. And I personally, I notice the same thing. Um, you know, whether it's, you know, going for a heavy lift that I'm just that much more focused on, it just, it just makes it better. So get, you know, give it a try a day, two days and just see how you feel. Um, and I think you'll find that, you, you know, your sessions go better. hundred percent. What is, what is your philosophy or what are your thoughts on, lower body and upper body days. I know that there's a lot of mixed, a lot of mixed, um, what do I want to say? A lot of mixed, uh, opinions, opinions. Yeah. 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 Opinions is good. A lot of mixed opinions on that. Right. Some guys are like, Oh, we need to do upper body today because if we just threw, if we just threw at a high intent, then we're going to go light tomorrow. So might as well like get our, get our, get our legs going and, and give our arm a break so that we can have a, have an upper body day tomorrow. Or some guys are like, okay, I just threw. So I want to get the high intent stuff out of the way with my arms too. So I'm going to do arms right after and then do legs the next day and let my arms have a complete break. And then there's some guys or some opinions that are, let's just do total body because when we're pitching, we're going to be using the total body anyways. It's not like we're using our legs one, one pitch and then our arms, the other pitch we're moving all, we're making it all happen together. So what are your thoughts and opinions on whether we should be doing lower body than upper body splits or whether we should just be doing total body every day? Yeah, I think, I think if you're, if you're going to train two, maybe three days a week, you're probably going to want to do full body every day. Um, if you're going to train five or six days a week, or, or four, four to six days a week, then you just got to play around with your schedule and decide what, when, what days you feel the best on um, and what days, you know, if you're going to throw the following day, what can you do in the gym the day before um, that doesn't interfere with your throwing? Um, if you're in the off season and not throwing at all, then honestly, it doesn't matter. Like you just, you get, you get your training in and if you're able to, you know, say do a, an, a full body day or sorry, a, a lower body day on Monday, 
you probably want to do an upper body day the next day, or maybe you do a full body day and then a recovery day. There's a ton of different ways to go about it. Um, but I would just encourage people to play around with your schedule and actually keep track of what you did every day and maybe just make a note of, of how you felt the following day, how you felt two days from then. And if you didn't feel good, you just note it down and say, you know, next week you're going to change up your schedule. So, you know, not really a super opinionated answer, but I really do think it depends on the person. And, you know, if you're, if you're going to work with us, for instance, and you're training five days a week, we'll probably be checking in at the end of the week to say, you know, how did you feel throughout the week? Do we need to make any adjustments on the order of, of the training? Yeah. And just, uh, from a life perspective, you don't always need to have an opinion. That's something I've been learning a lot lately. And I even this week or when this gets posted, I don't know if it'll be this week. Um, but right now it's October 15th. So if you're, if you want to go look back at the week of October 15th for posting on primal baseball, Instagram, there's a lot of content about just knowing nothing. And we don't always need to have a certain opinion and act like we know exactly how everything's going to go. I think a lot of times we get caught up in social media with a lot of strong voices coming from each direction saying that they know the best for the athlete or they know the best for the performance. And, and it, it all works. It, it all, it all works. Whether um, you're saying, Oh, do lower body this day, or whether it's a certain training technique, most of it will work. Like most of it, the guys are right. That are, that have those strong opinions. Most of the guys that are, are telling, telling, telling you why their way works is, is right. But it might not be right because their opinion is right. It just might be right because in the in the broader scheme of things, if you're getting more athletic, if you're getting stronger, if you're getting faster, it's all going to work. Like at the very simple foundation level, it's all going to work. And whatever avenue you go through to get to that performance, whether it's you're more of a, a, a certain exercise-based focus or, or you're more of a I don't know. I'm trying to describe some of, I can't even describe some of the social media stuff that I see. It's, it's just like a very, very certain niche group or way of thinking just because they have that certain way of thinking doesn't mean it's right. Doesn't mean it's wrong. We don't, we don't need to have um, opinions on everything. And, and a lot of, a lot of different ways can lead to the same result. So don't, don't get caught in, in thinking that one way is, is the best way or, or the only way, whatever works for you, can probably be molded into a way that that gets you the results that you want and that was probably a long winded rant but that's okay that's that's part of the podcast so if you're listening i hope you enjoyed that last (laughs) last thing i have for baseball before we kind of just go into go into random stuff and finish out the episode is for pitchers conditioning or not even conditioning but just running wise what are your opinions on sprints and long distance benefits maybe on both sides? Because I know, again, there's a lot of opinions on don't do long distance, but yet colleges are still in the long distance phase where they have pitchers running poles and stuff like that. And then, you know, that's kind of an old school baseball and the new school is kind of more sprinting curve sprints jumps. So where do you stand on that? Yeah, I think, I think the, we, we touched in the last podcast on sprinting and I think sprinting is probably something that I, I hate to say everybody, but most people, most athletes in general want to be doing some sort of sprinting. 
um, just because it's like like we touched on last time, like the ultimate expression of athleticism. Um, and it's going to help you get stronger. It's going to help you get more powerful. Um, all those great things come from sprinting. Um, there, then there's kind of the other side of it, which is conditioning. And I think conditioning like is kind of transitioning out of, uh, out of favor, I guess, where people are saying like, you know, conditioning is bad or, you know, conditioning, it doesn't help you get better at, you know, pitching or whatever. But, you know, I think some sort of conditioning is super valuable, whether that's, you know, running poles like people do or finding some sort of cardio machine that you can do your stuff on or uh, an assault bike is great. I think some sort of conditioning is good. Now, where people maybe get into trouble is if you have somebody who is not good at running or their body isn't well suited for running and you have them go out and run poles there's going to be some negative consequences towards that. Or if you have them do too many pulls at, in, at a time when they're not ready, I think, and I'm not really sure how traditional pulls are done, but you know, if somebody is able to do some sort of running and it's at a period of the off season where conditioning is something you want to work on, you know, doing a pull where you run, pull the pole at like 70, 80% and then walk back and repeat that for a number of times that's not a bad stimulus to have if you're somebody who wants to improve your your conditioning and and you know be able to recover better in between pitches and between outings. Um, so you know I don't think poles are bad, but again they can be bad if if you have somebody uh, you know a 250 pound pitcher who's you know just going out and running like 20 minutes of poles and then they have shin splints. Like yeah, you probably want to get them on an assault bike instead, but. Um, I think, I don't think they're bad. I just think for, you know, not, they're not the right, the right modality for everybody. Um, and going off that too, is if you're somebody who's trying to, you know, gain weight or get stronger and you're doing too many polls, then, you know, yeah, that's going to take away from your goal and it probably should be, you know, the volume should be modulated. But again, a, a kind of multifactorial answer, but I, I think it could be good but it can't be good for everybody. Yeah, and, and the polls, so I'll, I'll kind of describe that because I think – I wouldn't say I'm a master at polls because luckily we didn't do too many of them with, with Babson and I didn't do too many of them at Northeastern. But the ones at Babson were actually pretty well structured for, for polls as far as polls go and like old school conditioning. We did like a, like a sprint, right? You did like – or actually it might have – it was similar to a flying sprint. Like we would probably like go like – 10 yards build up and then a 20 yard sprint. And then you walk like half the rest of the outfield and then do a, a build up, a sprint and a walk. So it actually looking back, wasn't as bad as, as it could have been. Like we were still building and sprinting. So it wasn't too bad. Um, sometimes the poles, the poles that I think more people are familiar with, maybe high schoolers is when you're just jogging, like I wouldn't even say 80%. I would say 50 to 60% like kind of jogging to one pole and then touching it and, and jogging back like there and back kind of like a distance run. So you're, you're trying to just accumulate distance rather than more intensity. Yeah. Um, and, and do you, is there a, in, in your mind, is there a difference between, between those two things? And is one maybe more beneficial to pitchers um, than not, you know, in, in my opinion, the, the sprinting and the explosiveness is, is probably, a little bit more beneficial than, than just going for a long distance run. 
um, because the adaptions for the long distance run, maybe you're getting a little bit of like your cardiovascular system, a little bit like more in shape or more, more fine tune. Um, but when we're pitching, we're not, we're not exerting effort over long distance or long periods of time. It's a pretty short exertion of, of high intent energy and then stop and then rest. So can you, you want to touch on that a little? Yeah, for sure. And I, I think like while the sprinting end of things like repeated sprints where you have a sprint and then a short rest, um, is definitely like more specific to pitching. I think where, where I think about, you know, the long distance pulls is if you have somebody who's, you know, whatever level of fitness you determine to be important, if you're not there, like, let's say you have somebody who literally gets to like, through like 70 pitches in, in four innings and they're, or, or they do a, a training session and they take multiple days to recover. That's an indication that the, the cardiovascular system needs to work. Like, you know, you need an adaptation where maybe your resting heart rate comes down or, you know, something along those lines. And that's where I think doing a, a jogging pole where you, you know, you jog and then you walk and you jog and you accumulate time, I think can have some good adaptations for the right person. So it's not going to be for everybody, but I think if you have somebody who needs to improve their quote unquote conditioning, then doing that sort of thing isn't bad. Assuming they're also doing some sort of sprinting possibly in another part of the program. So I don't think it's as easy as saying like doing jogging with pitchers is bad because it's slower than, you know, what you would be doing on the mound. Like it's still developing a general quality that I think could be beneficial to, you know, pitching, recovering in between sessions, that sort of thing. Got it. Yeah. That's, that's all we, we really were going to touch on in, in the off season. Um, if you have any questions on like how to structure the off season or how to go about the off season, we can make it pretty simple for you. So, you know, contact us again, DM us or, or email us. Elias, do you have any, I haven't, I haven't done this in a podcast because most of the guys that I have on aren't, aren't repeat, I guess, what, what would I call them? Guests, guests aren't repeat guests on the show. So I, I usually only have, the chance at the end to go over the rapid fire questions with them before I let them go. But do you have any questions uh, for me? Now would be a good time to, to kind of get anything that, that you think the listener should know out of me or uh, any other topics that maybe you wanted to hit on today. Now would be a, a great time before we finish up to go over those. Ooh, tough question. Um, let's see. Also doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be baseball related. Doesn't have to be uh, performance related. Can just kind of be uh, maybe the listeners might want to know more about my journey or or interesting things that have happened in my experience that you think that maybe they would they would want to know. So yeah, uh, let's see. Maybe have you talked uh, about like what your training looks like right now? I haven't. Uh, so. So you're kind of off. You're kind of in a bit of an off season mode. So, yeah. So, so my off season uh, for training, uh, we can even start it. I guess we can start it back in the beginning of the summer when when we first started um, training uh, when I wasn't throwing. So after the season, I shut down. My arm was not feeling 100. percent So I shut it down uh, for about. 
I'd say six to eight weeks, uh, 100% shutdown. And then I started throwing a football and, and kind of tossing a football three days a week and then four days a week and then five days a week. And then I added um, some arm arm strengthening stuff in there just to get the arm moving and, and was crawling around on the ground and just trying to get my shoulder back to strength and, and my forearm as strong as it could be. So that was kind of the beginning there where it was just like allowing myself to reset, recover, and then get ready to go again. As far as the training went, one of the big focuses I had was getting mobile. Quite honestly, uh, coming out of Babson, I was not very athletic and Northeastern, I got really athletic with plyometrics, jumping and all that kind of stuff, sprinting. And then as I got more and more just loving lifting, I went way too hard in the weight room every day. And my second year in Northeastern got way too big, um, way too blocky, not very mobile, not very fast. And it, it took away probably my range of motion, which really probably led to my injury and um, led to a lot of things that that were not great in my to, in um, in adding to my performance. So my performance went down, um, injury happened. And then the focus of this this last summer was just getting athletic. So I worked with Elias to get more mobile, to do a few certain things with my arm and, and allow it to to be more mobile kind of at the elbow joint and, and around the forearm area. And then we really just worked on like getting fast, like having a lot of fun, like sprinting, having a lot of fun jumping and just being really athletic and being uh, pretty bouncy and, and springy. And I, I would text Elias like every week, <laughs> like uh, I would be like, Oh dude, like I leveled up. Like, I feel like a, like I'm a leopard now or like a Panther, or, like oh, now I'm a tiger, bro. Like, I'm so bouncy. Like I would just randomly text him that every week. Um, so yeah, I think now after having that phase where I just got really athletic and, and, or, or more athletic than I was, and that's all I can really do is just continue to, to add on daily, but I got, got more bouncy, got more athletic, got faster, uh, more explosive. And in the weight room, we took it down a little bit and didn't go as heavy. We were kind of just focused on moving in deep ranges of motion. And, and, but also I got, I got strong. I didn't lose strength. Like that was one thing I was really scared of was not lifting heavy every single day. And Elias let me test kind of at the end of the month, if, if I was losing strength and my strength was, was still, was still there. So still got stronger, just got a little bit better and a little bit more mobile and into better positions that helped me rotate a little bit better too. And, and now starting throwing again, about a month in and I feel really good um, rotationally wise, I just feel like everything's coming out a lot better. I feel like my delivery is smoother, crisper, cleaner. I feel like my body is a lot easier to, to move around and, and it's not as fatigued every day. So I'm able to exert a little bit more, uh, pressure and, and, and intent into the things that I'm doing. One of the things in throwing that is really helping me is having really, in, uh, in being intentional of having a high, high day, like throwing high intent one day and then taking a rest on the next day and, and going low intent because I love to throw. And sometimes it gets away from me and I go high intent every day cause it's really fun. But that's been a, that's been a thing that has really helped me over this, this past couple of months starting to throw again. So that's where I'm at now. As far as my training, I'm, I'm still sprinting twice a week and, and lifting four times a week, but um, definitely, uh, going, making sure I'm only going heavy, heavy, heavy on the high intent days and a little bit lighter on the other days. So that's, that's what I have for, for that. That was a long, long winded answer, but 
what you got what you asked for. So. I think that was good. That was good. And I think, you know, my main takeaway from that at least is the, the beginning of the off season when, you know, we, we decided that the weight room was, was potentially not the solution to, to you getting better. So anyone out there who's been grinding in the weight room for a long time, just give a second thought to, to what, what you can be doing. Yeah. I, that, that sums it up for today. Again, if you guys have any, if you guys want to be a guest or you have people that you think would be good guests, email us and, and let us know and, and we'll get back to you with, with information. But if, if you're looking to train, you're looking for some simple ways to get better and, and, and you want just a, a simple way to progress instead of all of the crazy stuff that is filling up Instagram and, and social media, check us out and, and sign up for a free console. Like it can't hurt you. So that's all I got. Thanks everyone for listening and, and thanks a lot for coming on. We'll see you guys later. Yeah, it was a good time.